0: Fighting over the VCR My name is Matthew
1: And my name is Nancy
0: And Welcome to Our second Episode of The wonderful month of October Where This week Is going to be Interesting
1: It's going to be really interesting
0: So I really had a lot of fun You know Revisiting a couple horror movies Last time But I think this week, for me, I got like a good range of what is good and what is not good.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to talk about a movie that... Is good. (laughs) I have grown to appreciate more and more as I've watched it, and... It is slowly becoming my favorite scary movie of all time. Really, I mean it. There's just something. There's. I rewatched it and I was like, "Wow, this is amazing." So we'll get to that later.
1: What movie is that?
0: We're gonna t- talk about later the mo- the original 1978 Halloween. But first, we're gonna dive into Nancy's past. Oh God! And talk about a movie that is it must only be a cult classic of a very very exclusively small cult yeah. <laughs> um and I, I the other thing i want to say about these two movies this week is we are we got to revisit uh last week we we visited two historic directors in west craven and steven spielberg but this week we get three kind of masters of horror in this episode with halloween we get the incredible john carpenter Mm -hmm. but with nancy's movie we get george romero who is famous for night of the living dead and you know the, the zombie sensation of the 60s, 70s and beyond and Stephen King Mm
1: -hmm.
0: who wrote the screenplay for these these tales that came out in 1982 as Creepshow. Nancy, why did you pick Creepshow?
1: So, I saw Creepshow, I think I was seven years old and I was at Laura's slumber party. And this movie scared the living daylights out of me.
0: Did you make it through the entire movie?
1: I did not. I I only have a vivid memory of two of the five vignettes. The two I have a memory of is the first one, which is the one that completely scared me. Scared me to pieces. Scared me so much. I had to call our parents who were at our, at our family friend's house to come and get me.
0: And, 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 that,
1: and... In this movie, this vignette involved a person crawling out of a grave, ripping someone's head off, killing like four or five people. I mean, it scared me so much. Um, the second vignette that I really remember has very famous people in it that I love. But the one in between... Had no memory of whatsoever and then the final two i have never seen until last night
0: because you didn't make it to them when you saw that when you watched and I don't, the movie
1: that and i can't remember if i ever tried to watch this again and if i just inevitably fell asleep again so because this movie is <clears throat> two hours long it is easily 20 to 30 minutes way too long because the fourth story in this movie was 10 minutes too long um we're going to talk about all five of the stories in some detail, I guess, but also we're going to rank them later <laughs> because this yes. is an interesting way to kind of talk about what, why they were good or whatnot. But
0: well, because I, d- well, to but be this fair, movie is
1: basically a complete piece of garbage It was awful. <laughs> I was so bored. I mean, I was still a little scared, but I was very bored. I mean, scared in like a... You know, it's a little startling, maybe
0: things jumping out at you, and yeah. you get startled, kind yeah. of thing.
1: Yeah, um, because each of the vignettes has some kind of monster in one shape or yeah. another. Yeah, um,
0: I mean, george Ram- that's that's there's... and that's one of the things that George Romero was really famous for yeah. is doing do, doing horror in a way. With, you know, what he had at the time. I mean, the way that special effects and costumes and (laughs) props and everything have come along, Uh, you know, in the years of, you know, leaps and bounds compared to what. I mean, they weren't using, you know, a lot of digital kind of anything in in this movie. But one thing that I found really interesting is it seemed like in the 80s. It became very popular to do, like, these little anthology movies because, like, there was, like, Twilight Zone, the movie, Creepshow. But Twilight
1: Zone was infinitely better.
0: Oh, 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 yes.
1: Creepshow, I (laughs) feel like, was just this really weird knockoff of what a good Twilight Zone anthology could be because there was a Twilight Zone anthology that I remember having, like... John Lithgow terrified on an airplane, yeah. and then seeing a gremlin out on the wing.
0: Well, in the Twilight Zone, the I mean, movie it was good. In Twilight Zone, the movie they were basically re like redoing classic episodes.
1: Yeah, and there weren't necessarily monsters in all those yeah. vignettes, but but in this one, ugh. yeah, this so this was a complete struggle to rewatch. One because I just had this. Lingering fear From when I was seven and,
0: and, and how Does that fear still exist?
1: Well no I mean <laughs> It's Because They make it seem like um, Kind of like a comic book I mean there In right. fact there is a comic book That kind of opens the movie And in between <laughs> As they're Moving from one story To the next They kind of end with Like comic book imagery um, Like Like a panel in a comic book page is what the final shot of it ends up being. And then it's like the, the becomes a cartoon and then it flips a couple pages to introduce what the next story is going to be. But, Oh boy, it was, it was a total turd fest. I mean, the father's day vignette is the first one. And again, this is what I remember so vividly as a kid. I mean, I remember this evil father who had been murdered Oh, by the way, we're going to completely spoil all of these. These are old movies, so we can't care about spoilers, especially if this movie is just so horrible. I don't care. I'm just really revealing everything <clears> if I want.
0: Well, and it's really hard to talk about five different stories without yeah. really kind of giving something away. And and it's they're so short that, like, if you're... T- and especially with with Creepshow, if you're talking about them, I mean, a lot of everything happens... I mean, some of them are only, like, 20 minutes. If well, that-
1: yeah. Well, so... As I've stated before on the podcast, I like a movie that has, is well edited. I like a movie that doesn't linger or over overplay its hand. Halloween is 90 minutes long. Halloween is a very tight, short film, and it's really great. But Creepshow, somehow, is two hours long, and I don't understand. Mulder is super talkative tonight.
0: Well, you know... It's just it, it's that he time of these, year.
1: Well and he watched these movies too and he must have been pretty irritated at Creep Show. He was
0: falling asleep during Creepshow. I dumb. admit. He was he was really falling asleep. And and, and, and another vignette movie, and which is also Stephen King, would have been Cat's Eye, which Oh would, I didn't
1: know that's a vignette Yeah, vignettes. it's got
0: like three or four different stories all Never su- all surrounding this cat
1: mm.
0: or cats. And um that's a that's a really good one that you know is way more
1: entertaining <laughs> yeah so the first vignette is is called or i just refer to it as father's day it's called father's, Father, day it's day. Called father's okay day. and yeah. it's about um this really really evil old man who eventually was disabled or in a wheelchair and is very mean to his daughter and she's like on her last nerve she's a caretaker to him and she kills him she takes a marble ashtray i'd always remembered it as a marble rolling pin but I guess it was an ashtray, and crushes his head with it. Um, but all these years later, she keeps visiting his grave, and one and this one Father's Day, he emerges out from his grave and kills her, and then kills a few other people. <laughs>
0: he kills her and
1: Ed her, Harris her, her,
0: her aunt, Ed Harris, and two little kids or two uh, like his nephew and like his niece and nephew. And to,
1: um the servant
0: and the servant lady, yeah, and one of the and and probably the famous line from the whole vignette is surrounding you know what his daughter was doing before she killed him,
1: I want my cake,
0: yeah, he was just screaming for his Father's Day cake, and she just went nuts and then killed him. And then when he came back to life, that's all he said.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the final shot of that vignette is this kind of stuffy British... Was she British, maybe? I don't know. She just seemed old-timey. She was just sophisticated. Yeah, she just kind of She had a very sophisticated air about her. Yeah, he he ripped her head off and um, put a bunch of frosting on the top of her head and served it up on a platter and like, I got my cake. That is what threw me over the edge and I'm like, okay, I cannot stay at the sleepover anymore. I need to leave.
0: Did it change your opinion about Father's Day?
1: No. <laughs> no, not at all. But it it, ugh, it it just was burning my brain. Yeah. So, that is and I'll say I I think of the five stories, that's the scariest one to me. I I actually we haven't talked gotten there yet but I actually had to put a scorecard together today. Oh, interesting. And um, before we talk about the other stories, I'll just tell you how I had to rank these. I ranked them on a score of one to five, and I ranked them on the characters overall. Like, are they interesting characters? How memorable was the story? Gave kind of a grade to the effects. Um, The overall story, was it interesting? Was the monster in the story good? Mm -hmm. Like like an interesting and the execution and for me specifically execution means were you satisfied at the end was it was it too long like for me did it drag on too long was I bored to tears kind of thing. And wow! You took this ranking very seriously. It took me a couple minutes, but I mean, I got to play with a spreadsheet. I got to, you know, use some numbers. I have like final totals and everything for this. year.
0: You know, oh wow. Maybe, I, maybe
1: I'll maybe I'll put a po- picture of my uh, scorecard, scorecard on our Instagram or something. That
0: would be awesome.
1: Yeah, but this Father's Day episode is again. It it really shaped. It it left such an impression on me as a kid. I mean, and we also at this age there was a Alfred Hitchcock. TV show mm-hmm. that had a few scary things. Never anything gory, but it definitely well, in, freaked me out. In I the mean, 80s, we
0: also had Tales from the Crypt. and I yeah, mean, that was basically the same thing, just yeah. not put in a movie form. Yeah.
1: We'll get into the rankings later, but this movie just... This story, again, was really tough for me. You move into the second story, which was my least favorite. It was about a meteor that comes, and Stephen King is the actor, and he basically grows all this green moss all over him and his entire property. And he ends up having to shoot his head off at a sh- with a shotgun later. It was so stupid. It dragged on. I hated it. I hated every moment of that story. Okay. What did you think of it? Was it dumb to you?
0: Um, It wasn't my lowest ranked one. Oh, really? But it was so goofy. It was... Ridiculously goofy
1: He kept calling himself A lunkhead It was just It was so horrible I It mean, didn't st- make I mean Stephen sense.
0: King Stephen King I think he has Played like small roles Or had like little cameos In some of In, in other things And Um This one It was very like Intentionally bad Yeah Like he was Intention it, it was intentionally bad
1: So again Why have it in there at all Like Okay Save us Save us the 12 minutes Or whatever it was the third story was my favorite, and it was called. It was about um, something to tide you over, and it had everything I like. It had Leslie Nielsen as this very evil bad guy who, all these years, again, I'd thought that was George Papard because no. they kind of look similar. But no, Leslie Nielsen, who normally was really goofy, like he was in an airplane. He was in all the Naked Gun movies. I mean, but he is this very rich, owns a private beach. Crazy jealous husband, and he decides to bury his wife and his lover, is who that, is, is that, Ted Danson, bury them alive, and they come back as evil sea monsters and bury him alive. Is, you know, I never, I didn't even catch
0: on that that was his wife and she was cheating on him with Ted Danson. I, I I, always thought, I thought he came in there like she owed him, like like Ted Danson like owed him a debt or something. No,
1: because Ted Danson said, you, you're you going to get out of this easy. You're not going to have to pay a diamond alimony because she just wants out.
0: Ah, I didn't catch that. Yeah, they, had, they were that. having an affair. Oh. Ted Danson
1: with his Thick, full, beautiful hair, and he if was so great in this episode. And if it's real, if it's real, but who cares? So that was my favorite of the three, and then the next one, which was way too long, half hour long, was about. It's called the crate, but it had way too much going on. But I liked it a lot. But it had a lot going on. It had a very, very bitchy, mean wife character played by Adrian Barbo. Barbo was that what mm-hmm. I was in? Hal Holbrook, her poor husband who had to put up with her shit, a lot of stuffy professors, which mm-hmm. was pretty funny because he would he would have all these um, fantasies of killing her and, like, in one part, part, everybody claps and applauds that he'd shot her in the head, and that was funny. But then they also throw in this Bigfoot monster thing that ends up k- killing a lot of people, and it just... I don't know. It, it could have been executed a little better. That's why it's not, like, my second most favorite story. It Just the length of it was too long. It easily could have been ten minutes shorter and just kill her. Because, really, the whole point of that story was to get rid of the stupid wife. Yeah. And make it look either like an accident or there's no trace left behind. And then the final story, which was done very quickly, it was very tight, and it's not my worst it's not my least favorite in fact i think it might be my second favorite is all about a really evil maniacal rich man who lives in a sterile environment with the exception of hundreds of thousands of cockroaches that ultimately kill him that i i never saw that one or the one with hal holbrook until yesterday watching it and yes the cockroach episode is very gross It makes you itch. It's very disturbing, but I thought the pacing of it was great. I liked the kind of um, confined space that it was in. I I just thought it was very interesting. And you learn enough about what a horrible asshole this guy was that when you see that he gets eaten alive from the inside out by cockroaches, you're like, yeah, great. He earned that. He deserved that. It was like he was a cockroach. So anyways why don't you go over yours and then we can do a final discussion of my ranking later.
0: Wow. We've wow. We have some differing opinions on this one. Overall, I think my favorite thing about this movie is the intro and outro scenes of the movie. The movie starts off where a dad is basically taking away a kid's comic books mm-hmm. And the comic book is Creepshow. It's called Creepshow. So all there's, like, all this really kind of cool animation that happens in between the vignettes with, with the Creepshow mm-hmm. comic that looks really cool. But, like, the dad takes the comics and throws, the, throws them away.
1: And slaps him really hard across the him face him where really there is an imprint left on his face. Right.
0: Evil. And, He's the
1: monster in that story.
0: And the last—and then after the last vignette, the end credits are, you know— some guy's, like, going through the trash, and he finds the, he finds the Creepshow comic books, and he notices that there's a clip-out, or, um, like, a coupon cut-out of one of the books for a voodoo doll. Mm-hmm. And then the dad starts having, like, this weird pain in his neck, and it turns out his son has sent away for the voodoo doll and is, like, torturing the dad with the voodoo doll. And that's probably my one of my favorite parts of this mo- mm-hmm. whole movie. um, You know... I think that this was probably one of those movies that falls under, like, the very campy kind Mm -hmm. of horror. And if you're looking at just effects and stuff like that, where you're just looking for, like, weird, gross-out effects, it's almost like they wrote—like, Stephen King wrote the stories— to go around ideas that George Romero might have had. Like, oh, I want to do this great effect where like cockroaches bust out of some dude. How- write me a story around mm-hmm. that. Or what if some dude turned into a plant? You know, write me a story around that. Um, or maybe, I, you know, how crazy would it be if someone was buried alive in water and they drowned by, you know, the ocean mm-hmm. tide coming up and drowning them? You know, stuff like that, which could have very well happen to people like in the like i i, I imagine that is like a way a mobster would kill somebody yep Yep. <laughs> which is i think why you like that story because yeah. you love mobster yeah. kind of stuff i didn't take a lot of notes on this one it's okay primarily because overall
1: you hated it
0: no some of it was entertaining mm-hmm. but ultimately i just got bored
1: it was very boring.
0: It, I got bored. I almost, and I had and, to
1: restart it like four times.
0: And I really wish that I understand why they made this movie. George Romero is not going to make a television show. Mm. Stephen King has written for television, but I doubt he would have written all these for, for television. But if I look at, if I were to watch each one of these as like an episode of like a television show, mm-hmm. I'd probably have been more entertained. This is how I rank them. Okay. My favorite one is your is the Father's Day one. Yeah. I, it is the best acted. Yeah. In my opinion. And it has probably one of the coolest effects in in makeup with the with the father coming back, the oh. like zombie father coming yeah. back. Um and just this whole kind of concept of like even though you might have you know, like murdered the person who tortured, who tormented you your whole life, you know, there's something about them that, that will always torment you. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's not this whole kind of revenge kind of thing.
1: I think I'm bumping it to my second favorite. Just really? So, yeah. I think just, yeah, I, 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 I mean, definitely and, and, scored and, I mean, it way too low I mean, on a couple things. Here. If, if anything, so, yeah. it
0: ranks, it, it gets ranked high just to see Ed Harris with more hair, and disco dan- dancing. I was going to say dancing around. Dancing. He was amazing. I mean, that He's was great. Sexy too back and then. and I really think that the shot, like the final shot where, you know, de- you know, zombie dad is holding the woman, the, the head plum. on the platter that's all done up like a cake. That's a great yeah. shot.
1: Yeah. Yep. It's bumped to my second favorite.
0: My second favorite is the Ted dancing episode because that's the one that always stood out to mm-hmm. me. I have seen, I I have seen this entire movie and I remember watching the whole movie, Mm, but I never could remember like what happened in that second one or what happened Mm -hmm. in the fourth one. It was just, it it, it didn't leave an impression on me like the Ted Danson one, Mm -hmm. primarily because of the realness of you could actually get buried in sand and get in, and someone could drown you.
1: Yep. So, and we watched Cheers a lot growing up, so we were very familiar with Ted Danson. Right, Bravo and Child Leslie Nielsen,
0: and we're yep. very familiar with the two of them. Yep. And um, I'm going to say this right now. I'm not picking any favorite character or favorite scene on this. That's we're picking fine. favorite vignette, and that's, fine. that's pretty much it. So that was my next favorite one. I actually really enjoyed the crate one. I know it was long. but I the did, wh- too. The whole Holbrook con- is great. And the whole, and this whole concept of, you know, we've got this mysterious crate. This could, it's got this monster in it. We should be studying this, blah, 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 blah. And he uses it more as a tool to get rid of his wife. (laughs) Just seemed, it was just so, it just seemed so cynical.
1: Well, I think the, I I think the setup of seeing... um, no, I, I, yeah.
0: Sadistic kind yeah. of. Yeah, I think the of,
1: setup of seeing earlier from from the very beginning that he fantasizes about killing, killing her, and then her and he and has how, an
0: opportunity to do it, and
1: how horrible she was. Oh my god! Again, someone deserved it. Was her?
0: Well, and she so stood out as like one of the wives. Like she was that drunk party wife that oh, yeah. almost like a trophy. And that, she
1: just thought, oh, what would you do without me? Oh my god, right. you're such a child. And da da da. Just, she's horrible. Yeah.
0: And then um my my number 4 on my list is number 2 <laughs> only because he oh, so ranked
1: cockroaches last.
0: Yeah, um the one with Stephen King is pretty terrible but um just the whole just this idea that he you know, he has these weird fantasies. It was just kind of so goofy that I had to rank it higher. <laughs> I couldn't just rank it last. It just made me laugh almost.
1: Oh, as he was having the fantasies of going to like, the like going to the, yeah, the and like, and or like,
0: selling the meteor and like getting $200 for it and just, it, it was, was just so, so... Stupid. but then, but then I thought it was really, I thought it was really impressive how at some point he was just like, I'm going to shoot myself. And then he shoots himself.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, instead of, you know, things, things had gotten that bad for him. Yeah. And then the fifth one, the, the thing about the fifth one that got me is, first of all, by the time that one was on, I was, cause I didn't just, I didn't pause this and take breaks. I watched it straight through. Oh, by the time I did. <laughs> By the time I got to this one, I was like, oh, is this over yet? Yeah. Yeah. So... I had been burned out. Yeah. Which for a movie, if this was if I was po- if I was watching episodes, I would have appreciated it more. For mm. a movie, it just didn't work.
1: Yeah. It
0: didn't work having this one last.
1: I think the crate one should have been last.
0: The crate one probably should have been last or the Ted Danson one should have been last yeah. because that one has it like the most memorable. Well, and it has the most suspense.
1: Oh, yeah. It was very very suspenseful. It was more
0: suspenseful. This one was basically Oh, I'm taking Howard Hughes. I'm putting him in a horror movie and he's go and what if Howard Hughes, you know, who had like crazy OCD, like, yeah. you know, if you've ever seen The Aviator, yeah. you know. And cuz that's basically who he was, he was Howard Hughes in this in, in this room not wanting, I mean, he would talk through like the door and people wouldn't talk, I mean, he didn't want to talk to anybody and he's this huge rich guy and, being tormented by the thing that would most torment him, and then just all the cockroaches. <laughs> Apparently, that one was that whole that vignette was was pretty expensive to film mm. because every cockroach they had to buy it was, uh, like fifty cents I think for per cockroach, and there was over two hundred thousand of them.
1: Oh, it was two hundred. Oh my god,
0: it was... <laughs> that's a lot of so, cockroaches. So these are not
1: stunt cockroaches.
0: <laughs> no, these are well. They're professional cockroaches. I mean, <laughs> if you just want a cockroach off the street, we can get those for twenty-five cents. But oh, if you want, you know, like, pro cockroaches, cool. you got to go fifty cents. You don't, you don't cheap out on horror movie cockroaches, Nancy. Yeah. You don't.
1: <laughs> I think what was let me just say the only reason I would defend this last vignette is because there were two very obvious monsters in it. You know, the the swath of all these cockroaches. It's very. And then yes. he is yeah. such an evil monster, too. Yeah. So the fact that he gets what's coming to him. Yeah. And, and I felt like because, again, it was in such a stark white room, like there's not a lot of distraction the way that I felt like the no. crate episode had so many different things going. Yeah, on. there's of
0: different places to be. And it, uh, and it just kind of did you. It,
1: it, dra- it just it went. All over the place. And this was very, very just focused. And I think in terms of execution, it scored uh, four out of five on my little scorecard.
0: Did you recognize the guy who played the Howard Hughes character?
1: I had to look it up and I saw he was in Superman 2.
0: And The Natural. Wasn't he in The Natural?
1: I didn't see that he was in The Natural.
0: I'm pretty sure he was um, one of the guys that was part of the whole blackmail crew Mm you know in the natural but you're
1: not thinking um Darren mcgavin i might be i think you are he wasn't in the natural he was in in a movie called 12 angry men which i've never seen
0: oh that's a great movie um the original watch the original the Mm -hmm. black and white original i think that's the one he's in that's a great movie and you you in particular with your interest in law or politics yeah just check it out I had to watch it for a film class, mm. I believe, so.
1: <sighs> yeah, so it's.
0: Well, let's let's go back to your scorecard. Okay, so. Let's look at this. I'm, so very, again, I'm really, to, really I, interested in the scorecard, actually. Okay, so I need, So which one ranked the best in each category that you made?
1: Tied. So, so the one with Ted Danson. That, so again, I had characters, memorable scenes, how did I feel the effects worked out, the overall story, did I like, did I think the monster was interesting and the overall execution tide got 29 out of 30 points for me. Wow. The only thing that it got a four out of five in was effects. But again, this is early eighties. No computers.
0: Yeah. I read a, um, a little story. So, so again, we're ruining these things after Ted Danson and the, and his, and the woman he's having an affair with get offed by the ocean um, they come back and as like sea monsters, basically mm-hmm. bloated sea monsters. And um, apparently when Ted Danson was in the makeup for that, his son was there and he was very careful to like stay away from his son because he didn't want to scare him. And at one point he, he you know, his son saw him and his, and his son was like, oh, hey, dad. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't. You know, taken back, a uh, back, you know, by the fact that he was under all this makeup or anything. It was like, mm-hmm. hey, what's up, Dad? You know, so kind of funny little story. That also kind of gives you an idea of the quality of the effects. Yeah.
1: So I just had to re rank um, the Father's Day episode and increase the scores. So. Oh, she's now recalculating, folks. I am. I am recalculating. And she's doing
0: this on paper. She's not. She didn't bust out her Excel spreadsheet for I this. Did not.
1: Okay. So I had it at 19 points overall. Um, where I didn't give the monster being good a whole lot of credit. I only gave it at one point, but you talking about the father being a zombie and thinking of it in that way, like I'm, I'm bumping it up to five points. I'm, I'm
0: I'm really thinking that the, that the, the look of the head on that platter and, and whatever actor, whatever, however they did the whole like bad zombie father and everything. Mm -hmm. Like the look of that was pretty creepy. And if it scares you that much, and left an impression on you that much, it must be ranked somewhat higher. Oh,
1: yeah. You know what? I added this wrong. So now it actually fully goes... Yeah, now it's up to 26 points. So, yeah. um, It got... I gave it fives for both being memorable and the monster being good, and fours for the other other categories.
0: So if you look at each category that you did now, because I'm really interested in the spreadsheet. This was really cool that you did this. I'm kind of curious what one in each category. So for characters, it was a tie between the Tide episode and the cockroaches episode.
1: Yeah, because they
0: they were they were the most dynamic characters. mm -hmm. It wasn't all about the monster or anything Mm -hmm. really. It was was about the acting.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, For memorable, you have a three way tie between Father's Day, Tide and cockroaches.
1: Yeah, I will never forget the cockroach episode. Now that I've actually seen it.
0: Well, I and you'll, will never, no, ever no. forget it. And you will never forget the Father's Day episode just because, because of your childhood trauma.
1: Correct. <laughs> and I'll never forget the Tide episode because it was by far the best one for me.
0: Now, I'm very interested in this. Under effects, nothing got a five. <laughs> the highest rank you have on effects is a four for Father's Day and Tide. Yeah, You were not impressed by the effects. Well, I mean... Are you... I mean, you're probably comparing it to... I don't know. You know...
1: Maybe I should have left that category um, off, maybe.
0: I don't know. I think that's a fair category. (laughs) I mean, if something looked... I mean, you can clearly tell in the the meteor plant episode, like at the end when he goes to shoot himself, he's wearing like a bag. It's like, I mean, it's like a cloth green, like moss bag that he's in. He's not even, he doesn't even have hands anymore.
1: It reminded me. Okay. This is, this is going way back. It reminded me of walking around early 1980s, the Alameda County fair, like the garden expo, like the garden expo and like seeing kind of like weird fake moss for some of the displays where people are setting up their. Um,
0: like AstroTurf almost?
1: Yeah, it just. It
0: looked so bad. It, it, yeah. It,
1: or it looked like really bad um, artificial plant kind of filler moss. Yeah. Like it just. It was. Oh, I wish I had those 15 minutes of my life back.
0: <laughs> for overall story, you have the Tide one ranked highest. Yeah. For the monster being good you because of your upgrade it's a tie between Father's Day and and the Tide yeah. episode
1: because the monsters are actually two different people in Tide I mean it really yeah. is Leslie Nielsen is the yeah. monster oh, yeah. but yeah. but the sea creatures they're also pretty goddamn awesome too
0: yes yes and then for execution Tide is a number 5 i mean you gave
1: Tide got fives, Tide and, got everything fives and everything so it's clear
0: that's clearly your number 1 yeah. that's clearly your number yeah. 1 and um yeah
1: Father's Day number two. I liked Crate a lot, but it meandered too long. And again, it did go on for a long time. It went on for a long time. It was so long.
0: They really, I mean, they really could have, like, in the Tide episode, there was a lot of, like, dialogue. It was very Mm -hmm. character dialogue driven, but there was probably things you could have cut out of that and made it shorter.
1: But Tide could have maybe been a minute or two shorter, but. I don't the think crate it, episode,
0: it, though? Oh, my God. It was,
1: like, eight minutes too long. There
0: was way more going on. Like, how many times they kept going back and forth between where, where the crate was yeah. and... Uh, and it honestly, didn't need to go we on.
1: didn't even need to see it wrap up where he drags the crate off to the bottom of a lake, and then, ooh, now the monster escapes. Like, who cares? Like, the only thing I cared about in that episode was, was the monster going to kill the wife? But, well, That's the, all and, that was and important in and, that and episode. Really, and, did, and did Hal Hallbrook get away with it?
0: And really, the monster was so minimal in that yeah. i mean it didn't even need she, to be the wife was the monster and it didn't even need to be like a monster that ate them it could have just been like some box that sucks you into mm-hmm. nothingness
1: <laughs> i kept thinking i was kept i kept hoping it would be um this vampire in um this show that jack and i watched over the summer um what we do in the shadows i was like oh i hope nandor Mm-mm. pops out as a vampire <laughs> from this crate that would yes, be so great going? <laughs> I want total annihilation. Um, so yeah, so are you are you glad that I put a little that score hard together? That was pretty
0: cool. Thanks. That's, you get extra credit. Thank extra you. Extra credit. Nice. I don't
1: do nearly the kind of research for our podcast that Matt does, so I figured I'd you know do a little bit. I actually. wouldn't.
0: Call, I wouldn't call what I do research, but oh, I would.
1: <laughs> oh, so, so I mean, yeah, I, I think if if I had stayed awake long enough to sit through the whole thing, I maybe wouldn't have appreciated the cockroach episode as story as much as I did. But I I broke this up. In fact, again, because of my childhood trauma, I knew I didn't want to sit through this in one sitting, but then it became more of a, I'm so bored. I keep falling asleep. So I have no choice but to pick this up and start in the middle because, oh, and I just need to get finished for our podcast. homework.
0: Well, and, and I'll tell you this, like one of the reasons why I ranked the the first, the Father's Day episode number one is because when it was over, I felt like. Wow, the, yeah. if everything is this quality, this is going to be fun yeah. watching. It's and then and then this the the meteor episode happened and it just it deflated the tires, man. Yep. It totally deflated the tires at that point. Yep. And then you have it kind of picks it back up with the 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 Ted Danson Leslie Nielsen team up. Mm-hmm. And then kind of meanders a little bit on the crate one, but it was too long. Like it could have been if it was shorter if the last I mean it this movie shouldn't have been two hours. No. It should have been an hour and a half. Yes. If they could have cut they could have trimmed certain ones out or a little bit and made it I mean, and I really was surprised that it was five. If they would have made four if if you just get rid of the Stephen King one mm-hmm. and then Trim the crate one. And then trim the crate mm-hmm. one down.
1: And maybe even trim about two minutes of all the cockroaches torturing the right. Howard Hughes guy. Right.
0: Trim and because and, and and I agree with you that the Howard Hughes one the cockroach one, is impressive just for the fact that he's basically acting alone. Yeah. I mean, there's no other. There's the only other character is a person on the other side of a door.
1: And people on the phone, like yeah. he's making these phone calls, but yeah, he's never interacting with anybody. Right. Except the books. Right.
0: <laughs> but, I think we're in agreement. Shorter, maybe tri- some more editing, and then. This this movie would have been I would have ranked this movie higher. Now they did make a creep show two which I which well maybe it was maybe they learned their lessons from creep show one. I don't know. I'm not going to watch it. And they are now putting it out. Um, there's a premium channel that is I guess haul scary movies called Shutter, Shudder. S h u d d e r.
1: I will never sign up for that. And
0: they have a creep show television show that is exclusively on that channel.
1: I so, wonder how much it's basically going to just be like Twilight Zone. Or Tales from the Crypt. Yeah.
0: It's basically going to be that yeah. kind of thing, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, I was never into Tales from the Crypt because when it was out, I was kind of younger and I was like, yeah. eh, I don't know if it would, it would, whether I would want to watch this or not, but I'm sure if I watch it now, I'd find some of it entertaining. But I mean, lots of people tried to redo Twilight Zone mm-hmm. and, Twilight Zone is Twilight Zone. Don't don't mess with it. Just yeah. leave it. Yeah, you know, I I mean, probably the closest thing that people have said is as good as Twilight Zone is Black Mirror on Netflix. I've heard and, that too. and I've heard that's really mm-hmm. good. But I've tried watching it. And I'm just like, I don't need this in my life. I'd rather watch Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no no offense to it. I'm yeah. just it's right now. It's not it's not the thing that I would watch now. Yeah. Whereas. The old Twilight Zone episodes, they're classic, and I can oh, yeah. go back the, to And that.
1: those are very memorable. Antho- I
0: mean. Anthology stuff is hard. It, yeah. it, it's, it's really kind of hard, so.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, well, I think we've we've exhausted all the commentary we need for this movie. I mean, again, I'm glad I got to revisit it for the fact that I was so traumatized by it as a seven-year-old.
0: You're it, over it now.
1: I'm over it now, and I do I do respect—I mean, like I said— the Ted Danson vignette totally held up for me. It was so great. And if I only had to rewatch the 10, 15 minutes of that, I would have been good. <laughs> but at least now I have this whole, it's under my belt. I finally have finished watching it because I finally got to see the last two that I never watched before and had uh, completely expunged the Stephen King story out of my head. So I can move on from it.
0: But good let's job. Mo-
1: let's <laughs> move on to... A much, much better movie, which I'll just tell you guys, I'd never seen until this weekend. I watched it in my bedroom with the lights turned on because I had all these fears about this movie going into it. Like, it was going to really, really scare me. And it's pretty creepy. (laughs) It's pretty creepy, but it's not exactly what I thought it would be. And that is actually a nice surprise. So, Matt's going to take it over.
0: All right. So... When Nancy told me that she had never seen this movie, I was very disappointed because (laughs) I just, I just think that the 1978 original Halloween. And like I said, at the beginning of the episode, it's, it's going up there as like one of my favorite horror movies. Now Mm. it has that like slasher mentality only because of it has kind of that. Well, it has that slasher mentality for a lot of reasons, but it's, very unique and very simple and almost it's done in a way where it feels very real Mm -hmm. and basically the basic plot is is a little boy named michael myers at the age of six kills his sister gets sent away to an institution has never spoken a word since and his doctor is going to transfer him from one place to another so he can stand trial. And the doctor is going to recommend that he never, ever get released because in working with him, he just feels like he's pure evil. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He escapes and decides to return to his hometown where he then has a run-in with a then-teenage Jamie Lee Curtis... (laughs) And this is the movie that broke her and, you know, got her into movies beyond this. She's a huge star now. She's great. And then spends the rest of the movie, you know, stalking her and eventually trying to kill her, her friends and everything. This movie is made by the great Sean Carpenter. He wrote it. He directed it. And he did the music Mm
1: -hmm.
0: on a budget of three hundred thousand dollars in 20 days
1: he made this in 20 days he made the movie
0: in 20 days Dang. Jamie Lee Curtis apparently was given a hundred dollars and told to go get your out get your costume she went to JC Penny's bought her bought the clothes nice. that she wore in the movie she only has two outfits in the movie
1: well, it takes place over what 48 hour period minus not, the not even. opening scene
0: I mean you've got the opening scene. Where you see the murder of Michael Myers' um, Mm -hmm. sister. You have the day he escapes, which is October 30th. And then the day he returns to Haddonfield, Illinois, October 31st, Mm. 1978. Nancy was a wee little child and Mm. I wasn't even born. Nope.
1: You were on the way, though.
0: (laughs) I was on the way. That's right. I could have been Michael Myers. Oh, my God. (laughs) But anyway, um, and the more I read about this movie and the more I look into the production of it, I mean, I just respect it way more. I enjoy it way more because knowing what John Carpenter did on such a small budget, the way he got, I mean, and I think overall, like we've talked about acting in these movies, I think
1: the acting is pretty darn good in this movie. Yeah, I mean Jamie Lee Curtis by far is a standout. Donald Pleasance is a standout. Even 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 her friends who are
0: not the greatest. Yeah. But
1: we've seen worse. We've
0: seen worse. There's not a lot of effects in this movie.
1: Well, now that you're telling me it was only three hundred thousand dollars, that makes a whole lot of sense. And it's not bloody.
0: It's not really bloody. Mm-mm. And I just feel like this could actually happen. Mm-hmm. Like some person could escape from jail, put on a mask, which for people who don't know it, this mask is a <laughs> bleached white William Shatner mask from star, from, <laughs> from Star Trek. And Michael Myers, all he has is this mask. And like a gas station attendance over overalls on
1: and his weird brown hair <laughs> kind of
0: sticking out and his the hair is sticking out and he just kind of lurks in the shadows so if you look at the soundtrack and you look at some of the some of the credits he's just called the shape he's mm. not even called michael myers it's wow. just the shape of a character wow. and you know, I really don't want to talk... Like, give too much away about this movie. Because okay. I really want people to watch it. Okay. Um,
1: so, I can't tell you what my favorite scene is?
0: Well, no. We, we, I mean, there's going to be some spoilers. Okay. So, what, what, what are you going to do about it?
1: I mean, it's a horror movie, so people are going to die. So, that's... Yeah, people die. Yeah.
0: Sorry. But, um, you know, the night on... how There's a couple things that happen in this movie that, obviously, I want to point out. And... There's a couple things that I'd like to keep kind of... I'd like to, to not go into too much detail. Okay. Just for the simple fact that... I'll follow your I lead. I really would like people to watch this movie and enjoy it.
1: Okay.
0: Um, first thing I'm going to say is... So the night of Halloween, Lori, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, is going to be babysitting a little boy in the neighborhood. It's someone he ba- she babysits all the time. And her friend... Annie Annie. is babysitting a girl across the street.
1: The girl is played by Kyle Richards, who's in my orbit because I watch Bravo. She's been on Beverly Hills for like 10 seasons.
0: Oh my gosh, I did not know that.
1: And she talks about this movie as some big claim to fame and this girl is on the movie for like 5 minutes so yeah, she's when, completely exaggerated yeah. her role in this movie but she
0: spent a lot of time watching a movie on the I and, know, and, with, and with, wanting to make popcorn
1: yeah with with her you know resting her chin on her little hand and like yeah. looking at a TV it's like okay girl whatever
0: you know michael is stalking lori and kind of tormenting her friends at the same time and a lot of the movie you just kind of see him staring at at them and it's in like this creepy way where where there's a lot of one shots where like someone will be talking on the phone and they're like standing in the kitchen and then they move from one end of the kitchen to the other. And in the background, Michael's standing there mm-hmm. watching them the whole time. And then when they moved back to the other side of the kitchen, all done in one shot, then he's gone. Yeah. Or like a door will be open like a yeah. little differently. I mean, <laughs> it is so creepy the way it's done.
1: I think because his face, there's no expression on his face because it's just this, like, blank mask. Right. It makes that even scarier, too. Absolutely.
0: Which, again, the other thing that's... And the whole time during this movie, there's this whole undertone of the boogeyman. Mm -hmm. Um, The little boy that Laurie is going to babysit, whose name I can't remember. Tommy. Tommy. He, like, gets... He's getting tormented by kids at school. Like, the boogeyman's going to get you. The boogeyman's going to get you. And... He asked Laurie, like, is the boogeyman real? And she's like, no, of course not. And then there's then the whole boogeyman theme kind of keeps reoccurring throughout the movie. So there's that. And which kind of adds to this whole like. Am I really seeing someone in the background or am I not? But one of the things that adds to the suspense of this movie is the incredibly memorable and beautiful Soundtrack mm-hmm. that John Carpenter puts on this movie, he has this yeah. this very kind of simple piano yeah. in it. It's
1: like really high keys, so it and it's really... fast and yeah. it's tense. Yeah,
0: and it and there's a couple, and then there's like a slow piano piece for Laurie when it's trying to kind of kind of get you in kind of a daze, mm-hmm. like of the innocence kind of thing. It's not like pretty, but it's like yeah. very b- simple. Yeah. So the music in this, you know, just that alone stands out. Oh, yeah. In in, in a way that where um, in our last episode, we talked about Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. And today at work, I was like, I got to I want to listen to this. So I listened to the Halloween soundtrack <laughs> while I'm working. I'm just typing away. Blah, was blah, blah. And, and, and then I listened to the Nightmare on Elm Street one. And and they're, you know, six years apart. But the Nightmare on Elm Street one in my opinion, just clearly was like, ooh, the music in Halloween Mm -hmm. was amazing. We got to do something like that. And it's very kind of like they're trying to emulate it with something a little more, you know, it's got a little bit more of an updated, you know, 80s industrial kind of vibe. Yeah, like it's more er of a
1: synthesizer er kind of quality. Like early,
0: like like not poppy Depeche mode Mm -hmm. almost.
1: Well, there were different, because Nightmare on Elm Street involved dreams, there were more kind of surreal things about that movie, yeah. so you would have more surreal qualities in music. But right. But Halloween is very simple, but so intense.
0: It's very intense and it, simple. I mean,
1: the piano almost sounds like a racing heartbeat.
0: Like, in some ways, yes. You know, you
1: just... Ugh.
0: And because the budget was so low... And they had tried to, like, kind of film this independently, like, as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels very real. Yeah. You know, and there's not a lot of, you know, like, effects or gags or anything that need to happen in this. I mean, at one point, Lori's being chased and Michael, you know, to try and trap her in one of the houses, just uses a rake, you know, to yeah. block the door. I mean, any. I mean, that is something that could easily happen.
1: Well, I want to interject and say, I think one thing to add to kind of the suspense and like what feels real about this is because it's over such a short amount of time, she wasn't feeling like she was, she, she noticed that something seemed a little off, like she kind of thought.
0: She kept feeling she was being followed.
1: Kind of. But it's not like, it lingered on that. I mean, the bulk of what happens is just on Halloween night, and mm-hmm. it's probably over what a two-hour period, if that. Well, it's, you know, she. I mean, so it's not like she was. She, from, she wasn't like telling people, "I'm worried that someone's following me." Like well, there was never a whole lot of opportunity for her to do that because this all happened so quickly.
0: Well, you know, when she first, when when Michael finally like Michael picks her because she, she's something happens when she's walking to school. And then throughout the day, he, like, she looks out, she's in class, kind of bored, and she looks out the window, and she sees something out there, and it's him watching mm-hmm. her. And then all of a sudden, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And when she's walking home, she's, like, see, he's, like, staring right at her, like, she's looking right at him, and then all of a sudden, he <laughs> walks behind a bush, and she's just, like, freaked out. And she tells her friend who she's walking with, her friend's just like, oh, you're just seeing things. Yeah. And then, um... And that kind of happens throughout the day. Yeah. And by the time night comes and it's dark and she starts when she finally sees something going on, then it's it's full on. Creepy.
1: Why didn't she have more lights on in the house? Because it's Halloween,
0: they're watching scary movies. Okay, so let's start getting into some of these details, some of these, some of these questionable yeah. details. Okay,
1: why did the, why did her friend strip down to nothing just because she spilled a little butter on her clothes? I okay. mean, get over it.
0: Okay. <laughs> yes, that was like what so the, dumb. she did. Ask for a robe at one I point, don't but care. The, and then the, you're and just the,
1: babysitting. Who cares? Kyle Richards doesn't care.
0: Kyle Richards,
1: Kyle, the, the girl she was babysitting.
0: But that's not who that's not the whole point. The whole the whole reason why she wanted to wash her clothes was because she was trying to hook up with some dude.
1: He's just going to take the clothes off. He's not going to notice that there's butter spilled all over him.
0: Whatever. Oh, she God. she felt like she needed to go wash her clothes. OK, couple <laughs> things here. So I'd like to Um. I'm going to kind of, you know, go on a little tangent here. And I'm going to mention something that um, is not necessarily related to this movie, but it is. My wife and I have really kind of strong feelings about movies where animals are hurt. I don't like it when, like, an animal's unnecessarily hurt. Mm-hmm. So we always, so we kind of came up with this idea. And anyone who's out there that is listening who thinks that this is a good idea, even though it might ruin a movie, speak up and maybe we can push, you know, the movie, you know, whoever does movie ratings to add this. <laughs> At one point, the family dog of um, the little girl who's being babysat by Annie um, is killed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I would just like to say, what we've come up with is an idea is that movies should have like a warning label, like a paw. <laughs> like it should just be like a paw. And if you see the paw, that means that an animal might be killed in this. That is like an, a, that's like, killed. that's like a character almost. There has a yeah. that might make you sad. So this definitely, this movie needs a paw. Yeah. Um, and, and it totally makes sense why the dog is killed. It's it. I mean, the dog walks up, starts barking at Michael Myers mm-hmm. and he just picks it up and just stabs it. I think he, I don't know if he stabbed it or if he just crushed it. <laughs> it. was pretty, pretty violent. Yeah. So I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. Paw rating. Definitely. Yeah. This is Halloween. Why is Lori and Annie, for that matter, why are they babysitting these kids and why aren't they trick or treating?
1: I don't know. doesn't make sense to me. I mean...
0: Tommy's kind of in a costume, like a NASA costume or something. Oh yeah.
1: Oh like that was oh. one of the funniest things I'd ever seen. It's like, oh how quaint. He wants to be an astronaut. You never <laughs> see kids dressed they, up that but way like, anymore.
0: Why didn't they take him trick-or-treating? I don't know. And why weren't there more kids trick-or-treating? I mean, there's a couple scenes, there's a couple scenes where you see kids trick-or-treating, but there's
1: hardly anyone trick-or-treating. Um Maybe it's maybe it's a bad street. I mean, I don't get a ton of trick-or-treaters on my street either. So maybe they're just on that dud street that no, like know. all the neighbors have kind of like had a secret agreement to not give out candy, so no kids ever go down that street. Yeah. Anyways, I mean they probably they all not... keep their lights off, so no one, so kids don't think that. Well, I'm pretty we...
0: sure that I'm pretty sure what it came, comes down to is. They shot plot this device. Well, they shot this movie in 20 days. They only had a $300,000 budget. They weren't going to go to every, whatever neighborhood they decided to film this in. They weren't going to go to every single house and say, Hey, can you all decorate your houses? And like, yeah. we're going to have a bunch of kids here. And yeah. that would, that would up the budget. And, um, also this movie takes, is supposed to take place in Illinois and it was all filmed in Southern California. So, you know, they did what they could yeah. with what they had. Um, but one of the things that annoys the crap out of me is um, they have an, another friend. No, wait. Annie. Annie's. No. I'm Annie. Con-
1: ha- okay. Annie is
0: the third friend or her second friend.
1: Annie is the less exciting version of Jennifer Grey. Okay. She's got like the big crazy that hair was that, was that was. So picture Jennifer Grey from Dirty Dancing. Is that Annie? Yes. Okay. Because the blonde is later. But the blonde thought, and Bob hook up later. I thought,
0: but it's not Annie and Bob. No. Okay. Hold on. Just want to make sure I got these names yeah, straight. Ann-
1: Annie is the baby, is the other babysitter. And she's the one who spills the butter. I mean, I, I, I could be wrong. I've only seen it once, but I'm pretty sure No, you're sure right. It's you're right. Annie.
0: Linda. Okay. okay. Linda. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for letting me double check that. Yeah. Cool. Linda, played by PJ Souls, who was in rock and roll high school and um, another movie called Carrie. That is pretty good. Linda has like this terrible California accent. She like always she keeps saying like totally. And I'm just like, Linda's ridiculous. I'm like, you are not from Illinois.
1: Um, get me a beer.
0: Yeah. She's the, like stereotypical, like slasher movie character. We're like, oh, she's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> So that bugged the crap out of me while i my rewatch.
1: Bob's glasses had to have bugged you too, right?
0: Uh, I didn't really care about that. That didn't bother <laughs> me. Um, uh, here's, here's another thing that really kind of bothered me. So they know that Michael Myers has escaped. They know he's from Haddonfield. Wait,
1: there's only... A, uh, they're not publicizing it, though. That's my point. Yeah.
0: Why isn't the sheriff putting out, like, an all-points bulletin, like, be advised, mm-hmm. former resident and and serial and killer of his sister Michael Myers has escaped and may be returning to Haddonfield.
1: <laughs> why is that not
0: happening? Because, Kids, lo- don't go trick-or-treating. Parents, have all your lights on.
1: Because why would any adults be smart in these movies?
0: I know. But they're hunting for him, and at one point the Dr. Loomis even says, "No, I don't want this
1: out in public. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he thought Mike Myers was going to do if it was publicized i mean uh, yeah it, it, there should have been a there should have been an amber alert of some kind that Michael Myers was out there d- wreaking havoc or potentially wreaking havoc yeah
0: um the other thing I want to point out is um at one point, they kind of figured that michael myers is going to go back to his house mm-hmm. so dr loomis is just kind of hanging out at the house and then all of a sudden he, he's like kind of just meandering down the street and what is there the stolen car that michael myers got away from how did he not see that car like three hours before
1: just, maybe, maybe all the sheriffs were like out partying on halloween uh, or doing just, their jobs they weren't not patrolling. very good not very good Again, police work. dumb grown-ups okay. in these movies
0: Um, and then probably the classic slasher horror movie device that you probably see over and over again. When Lori has a weapon, why does she keep dropping it? And why does she just not repeatedly keep stabbing him Mm -hmm. when she's got
1: the chance? Why? I mean, why does she hang out with him? Slit his throat. Yeah. Run away. (laughs) Like, but why doesn't she like leave?
0: Well, she tries and the guy keeps going after her. But well here here's here's the one that gets me though. Finally Lori does something smart. And the kids do something smart too. When they finally kind of get out of the house and kind of get get some distance from it, they start screaming their holy mm. heads off. And in probably one of the most in like like social commentary kinds of things, like people just start turning their lights off. They're like, Oh yeah, you're screaming, I don't want to help you. Yeah. As opposed to like being like, what's the matter, lady? Yeah. There's a psycho killer right there. What are you talking about? Let me help you. Here he comes. Oh, crap. Let's call the police. Yeah. I mean, again, you don't have a movie if people are smart yeah. <laughs> in or, these situations. neighbors. Yeah. So, again, those are, like, nitpicky things to me. But in general, I mean, this yeah, movie... Is great, and I'm and um so suspenseful. And it's just incredibly lurks. suspenseful. I, I am so impressed that you watched this for the first time with all the lights out.
1: No, 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 I did not. Oh, they were you did all not? on.
0: They were all on. Yeah, I had two lights on. You had two lights yeah. on. So, so set the scene. You're by yourself.
1: Yeah, I was. So I watched it. I don't remember if it was Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, but no, I during um, the day. It was around dusk. So it was getting dark outside, but I wasn't so sleepy and worn out. Cause you guys, I'm a total morning person, and after 7 o'clock, don't expect me to always stay awake through things. Um, but I made sure, like, I'm not going to get too comfortable. I'm going to be wide awake. But, yeah, I had two big lights on in my bedroom while I was watching this. Wow. Yeah, but, I, but because it's 86 minutes long, I watched the whole thing all through Without lots of pausing well, heck, and after,
0: after no dozing off after that you could have just turned all the lights off and watched it all over again and then you knew what everything that was going to happen no no because I'll tell you this I've seen this movie many many times throughout the years I think the first time I ever saw this movie was on TV How old were you I was probably 10 but I never you never I watched didn't... this when you were 10. Yeah. Oh, my God. But it, I know I don't think I ever watched it all the way through like it would get to a part. And I'm like, eh, turn that one.
1: <laughs> turn that <laughs> that one. was a
0: turn that one, uh-huh. you know, because I just didn't make it all the way way through for a little bit because it it was it's freaky. I mean, yeah, it's intense. I mean, it, it can be really intense. But over the years, I've watched it over and over again. My wife and I love it. You know, it is this is probably top notch. John Carpenter at, mm. you know, just from a storytelling point of view and everything. Like it's not John, that complicated. John
1: Carpenter who also did Big Trouble in Little China, right? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. I mean and if you look at like the complexity of that and can then look at this, you can see the range. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um or escape from New York, you know, he's got a whole city he's got to escape from, mm-hmm. you know, in that one. Mm-hmm. But um I just really love like the idea I mean so so let's 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 go beyond this movie. So this movie ends, and then a few years later, they make a sequel to it, Halloween 2, mm. which I would say is almost equally as good. Mm. It has a very similar intensity and everything, mm. um, and it's a continuation of that night. Huh. So, and it's got Jamie Lee Curtis reprising her role,
1: huh.
0: and I I would recommend... I would recommend watching that movie as well. Um, there's certain things about it that make it, you know, not as good, but it's still, it's still a good one. Um, but then they then, you know, going back to the idea of anthologies, they, you know, they've made numerous sequels to this, but when they got to the third Halloween movie, At that point, they said, you know what, we want to make this an anthology series, and they made a movie that doesn't have Michael Myers in it, and it's completely different. Why call it Halloween? Because they thought that, like, they I guess they thought, like, Halloween 1 and 2, like, that was that whole story, and now that that story was over, let's do a whole other story and just call it Halloween and make everything just happen on Halloween. Mm -hmm. And... It's pretty bad. Mm -hmm. It's, It's pretty bad. Um... Interesting connection to Creepshow, the dad at the beginning and end of Creepshow, the one that gets the voodoo doll, is is the main character in Halloween 3. That actor plays the main character in Halloween 3. And then they go back to Michael Myers in 4 and 5, I think is what they did. And then they did another sequel where, like, Jamie Lee Curtis came back, and it was like the 20-year anniversary of it, so it's called H2O because
1: she's filming another one right now
0: there's that and then there was like halloween the resurrection and they they try they've always kept doing this trying to bring michael myers thing back and then in the i think it was probably 2000s maybe like 2010 rob zombie was given the opportunity to remake it Mm. um he does an interesting remake of the first one where he really tries to dive into the character, like the, the psyche and the character of Michael Myers with like this whole background story that isn't in the original one. Um, With this really complicated kind of background story of who Michael Myers is and why he's going after, um, why he's going after Lori and all this other kind of stuff. And um, it really kind of goes more in the direction of some of his other films that are more like Texas Chainsaw Massacre Slasher like like more gore And so it's a lot More intense and a lot more But it's not it doesn't have that Simple suspense hmm. and it Doesn't have that realness mm. That this the original Has and then he made a sequel To that which is Just even More of that and it's so you seen all of these? I have not seen All the original sequels I've seen one and two and three. I haven't bothered with four and five. I didn't see the H two O one, which I think. God, I think even um the rapper Busta Rhymes is in one of them. Wow. I mean, it's just you know they it's just not that good. And then just last year, Carpenter got you know back in the in the producers chair, brought back Jamie Lee Curtis and. Made a, a new movie called Halloween. It's just called Halloween, but it is a It is like, you know, like a like a forty years later, you know, kind of movie where she is still she's you know, like lives in the woods and is trying to you know still go after Michael Myers. She's just waiting for him to return, kind of wow. thing. And and I really want to watch that one because that one got a lot more acclaim. To the point where they're making two more of these movies. Halloween Kills, which comes out next year, and Halloween Ends, which comes out in 2021.
1: Kyle Richards is reprising her role.
0: Oh, the, really? For the
1: one that's going to be in the middle. So not the one that the already
0: The The one they're filming now. Yeah. Yep. And if you follow Jamie Lee Curtis on Instagram, mm, I just saw she, something posted, today. she posted a photo about um, how they're just starting to film it. Yeah. And she's got her little Lori look on. So, yep. so I mean, there's been a ton of these movies, but it all goes back to this original story that John Carpenter wrote with um, another screenwriter, Deborah Hill, I want to say. Mm.
1: A lady had some input. Yeah, yeah, nice. the two of them
0: wrote it. I just really, I like I said, I mean, we got to revisit Nightmare on Elm Street, which, you know has been you know tons of sequels made tons of money you know you can buy halloween masks of that well you can do the same thing with this movie this is that another movie in that of those big three that i've talked about Mm -hmm. of michael myers freddy krueger and jason voorhees but i'm i'm starting to think this is my favorite one so you watching this for the first time who's your favorite character and what was your favorite scene
1: so laurie's my favorite character
0: that's I mean, mine too, obvious. I mean I mean there's something she has an innocence and, and but she it's just again she's smart but and so real mm-hmm. you know it's not like i mean the it they didn't there's no like how do I put this? She doesn't fit into like a, a mold,
1: nope,
0: she just seems like a normal average
1: high school kid. high
0: school kid that you would know, yep. She d- and she's Who not- does a
1: lot of babysitting. So she's <clears throat> with younger kids. And yeah. They, I mean, they, they tease her about being a girl scout and,
0: and they tease her and they kind of te- and they tease her about like never being having guys around or anything like that. So she's kind of a bookworm kind mm-hmm. of kind of person. But but you don't really see that. I mean, I mean, you kind of feel like, oh, well, she's kind of a stuck up bookworm, but she's not because she's mm-hmm. walking around without a bra on and that she's smoking weed with her friend. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, she's not just a st- she doesn't fit a stereotype, mm-hmm. which I think is cool.
1: Yeah. Um, so Lori's my favorite character. Lori's
0: your favorite.
1: My favorite scene is in the last—I don't know—20 minutes, 30 minutes of the movie, when Laurie runs across the street to go find Annie, and she goes upstairs, and she sees Annie laid out on the bed with Mike Myers' sister's headstone on the bed, and then she turns, and then Bobby's body comes flying down because he's like hung him up. And then it opens a closet and finds the third friend like that scene I thought was so great because then from there, Mike Myers is haunting her in that house and kind of creeping around throughout that house. But that like two minutes was perfect.
0: Yeah, that's a that is probably like that was probably like the scene with like the most where where he had to ask ask like the actors like, hey, I'm going to make you look dead so like can you lay there really carefully i mean Mm -hmm. that was probably really hard to do and then have her like come into the room just be freaked out i mean they do a lot carpenter does a lot of like single shot kind of stuff where he's just panning the camera around Mm -hmm. and not cutting a lot Mm -hmm. to to have to do that as you know a lot as an act as a director and as an actor you have to really hold that feeling for a long time Mm -hmm. um one of the things that I read was that Carpenter, you know, when they made this movie and, and I don't know if you have this feeling, but like if you're ever if you're a creative person, sometimes you think like, oh, well, when you shoot this movie, you shoot it, you know, you just shoot it as how the movie's going to play out. But that's not what really how, what happens is you have to worry about like sets oh, and yeah. like all these kind of things. So they sh- you shoot the movie out of sequence mm. and you edit it. Right. Well, apparently Carpenter had like a like a meter that he put together for like how scared Lori, like Jamie Lee Curtis needed to look for that scene. Mm. Like, Oh, this scene's near the end. So look way more scared than you do in that other thing, (laughs) you know? So it's, so that's where you really kind of test the acting chops. Sure. Which really makes Lori kind of stand out. Jamie Lee Curtis stand out. I mean, she's had a tremendous career since this. And like when you, when you see her in this, you're like, okay, she's, Trading Understood. places on She's just gonna take off as, an, as, a, as a star Um I love so many scenes In this movie Cause uh, Like I said This might This is easily Top Five If not top three uh, Horror movies for mm-hmm. me Um It's so hard to pick a good Scene So I I might just go cheesy And The scene where <laughs> The scene when Annie Goes to the laundry room which we've both agreed is kind of absurd because why are you doing this? There's like, like all of a sudden he's in the window watching her and then she's not. And then the door closes and this that whole thing. That's a pretty, that's really well done. Anything in the house where like they're in the kitchen and then like he appears in the background. But probably the creepiest scene is when Lori is walking home and he's like in the bushes. Cause, oh yeah. Because you and I, we walked home from oh, yeah. school oh, yeah. from, you know, from like third grade through high school, yeah. you know. And, you know, you're by yourself and you're walking home and there's no music or anything and your headphones, you don't have headphones on, you're just walking and you hear something behind you and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? You don't know who who that is. And if you had seen this movie, it's like, who's watching you behind that bush and that kind of thing. And
1: Did I send you a meme today of that bush scene?
0: Yes, I think you did. (laughs) But again, very real.
1: I mean cuz he kind of comes off as like a kidnapper in that way too. Which, oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so weird. So, I'm going to I'm going to say the bush scene okay, for now. Okay. That's a great one. Um but uh yeah, I'm just I was really excited when you said you hadn't seen this mm-hmm. and disappointed because I knew that this would be a great opportunity for you to watch it.
1: Oh, then you shouldn't have been disappointed.
0: And well, I was disappointed that you hadn't seen it before, mm. but I was excited that now you get to watch it because it's I just think it's a great movie. And and I think in general, like, forget the fact that it's Halloween. Forget the fact that, you know, it's got, like, the Halloween look and everything like that. Just as, like, a creepy movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I guess in one of the original scripts, this was the movie was called, like, The Babysitter Murders. Mm-hmm. And Makes it was going to take place over a couple days, but because of the budget, they were like, okay, we'll just have it take place in one day. And... That totally added to the effect. Well, it yeah. made it a better movie. Yep. It's such a better movie. And for people to want to remake it and like keep regurgitating kind of the same characters yeah. over and over again just is it, you know, really goes to show just how much um movie companies A want to make money, but B also where like the lasting power of this character and these characters in this story versus, you know, other ones. I mean, cuz how I mean how long has it been since, you know, a nightmare on elm street movie was made? I mean, you had the remake that mm-hmm. didn't have Robert England, and then they it, it, it's like you know. it just d- stopped happening. You know, even even They've exhausted na- even Friday the, Fridays, I the I 13th. Guess. I mean, it just gets it just it would get old. I mean, yeah. I almost like what they're doing with these movies more Even if they're redoing it or, you know, picking up the story where it left off 40 years later, that's even more interesting than, oh, wait, the guy came back again. Now he's taking he's tormenting a whole new new group of teenagers. I mean,
1: well, so you're like the issue you're bringing up with. Why do you keep regurgitating it? You know, how does if if the if this monster never dies, then what's the point? That's how I feel about The Walking Dead TV show. Like, I gave up watching that show after the third season, mostly because a character I really, liked ended up dying. But that's that show, to me, doesn't seem like it ever has any hope or any way out. Like, it, I mean, yeah. I, again, I haven't seen it in so many I haven't years, watched,
0: like, the last three seasons, through or four But it just seasons. seemed
1: to be, like, there was no possibility of them ever curing the zombie curse or the disease. And it was just going to be insurmountable odds. <laughs> and it's like, why do I want to watch this? I, I
0: almost feel like... Um,
1: sorry for all the walking dead fans out there. I just, I had to let go of it a long time ago.
0: Well, no, I mean, I, I think whenever a television show goes on for a long time, if you're not seeing something that keeps your interest, yeah. or, then it's okay to abandon it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, the Simpsons has been on for like 30 years <laughs> and I don't, I, I don't know people who gave up on that, you know, a long time ago
1: <laughs> after 15 years,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I think one of the things about The Walking Dead is that it's almost like I have str- I have di- like a lot of mixed feelings about The Walking Dead. It was entertain I was entertained by it and I got I got swept up in like the intensity of it. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, I was just like, I'm watching Doomsday Preppers or something like that. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm and and I don't. There's a lot of times where. There's I, I want to be entertained and if I'm not being entertained anymore, then it loses it. Yeah. So anyway, um. but yeah, again, I'm really glad that I got to revisit this movie and I'm glad I got to introduce mm-hmm. you to it. No, me too. And you liked it.
1: I did. I mean, I don't know when I'm going to hurry up and watch it again. I mean, if but... it's a,
0: let me ask you this. If if you were flipping through the channels and you didn't know what to watch and you stumbled upon it, would you pick would you stop and like watch a little bit of this movie? Sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't normally do that. I don't normally okay. flip through the channels. Okay, so, and land so on if, a show if, for if your if your I mean...
0: boyfriend is doing that, and then all of a sudden oh, okay. he and and, and then you are like, oh wait, stop, put this stop here right here for a second.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, again, I think, I I, th- I think because it was, you know, well well executed. It it used its time very wisely. Um. Like we were saying, there weren't a ton of major effects or anything. I yeah. mean, it was, yeah. I I think I I think I'd rewatch it. I mean, again, I'm not in the mood to rewatch it anytime soon because, again, as we discussed last week, these kind of movies are a challenge for me in general. But no, I I acknowledge that this movie is of high quality and is really good.
0: I think because I'm not like, like I've said before, I'm not a a you know, horror movie aficionado, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't seek them out and I don't sit there and try and like swallow every different type of horror movie whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's not that adrenaline rush for me, but yeah, like I would put this in the same category almost as like silence of the lambs.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's really creepy. I mean, and then you've got like this idea of like a mental patient, and and, it's, and the therapist or the doctor treating the patient. And, yeah, yeah.
0: One one and and one last thing I would say, like I was thinking about this today because you know I rewatched the movie and I was like, man, this is this is so good and they did it on such a good, but it just goes to show that like you don't need like a huge mm-hmm. Hollywood backing. Like I would challenge someone like in like like get a get like like a high school kids or something like that who want to learn how to use iMovie or something like that get like a like a classroom of kids together get like a group of kids together and like bust out your iPhone and remake this movie and I bet they could like do a version of this movie that is pretty darn good
1: you know what I'm picturing so so Ryan Murphy you know he's he does so much stuff for, for TV I mean he's got it American seems like
0: Horror Story Glee, Glee Nip Tuck I mean, tons of
1: stuff When Glee was on, he had a—kind of like The Voice. It was a casting competition show, and, you know, very behind the scenes or whatnot. I can see him being someone that would put out a contest, and you could have, like you said, you know, primarily, like, high school-age kids. You could see what their behind-the-scenes would be, and then, like, whoever they decide is the winner— that is the movie that gets a or, wide release. Or, like, or but, well, but well, yeah. there's
0: been that, like, um, there was a project, a show called Project Line on mm. Bravo for a while, and Ben Affleck and Matt Damon produced it, and they, like... they. I decided, think it was on
1: HBO. I don't think it was on Bravo.
0: I thought it was on Bravo. Well, they, they did that exact same thing, where they, like, had people, like, bring pitch scripts to them, them, pitch them ideas, and then a guy directed and it was this movie called Feast, is what actually came out of that. Um, that I have never watched and again never it's a horror of. movie yeah but um, but my my but even like pick like, like a scene like get your phone out and like try and redo the scene like one of the scenes in the movie um, I just think that that would be that would be cool because you could I mean just take carpenter's music, throw it on there make it look professional you could totally do that with it for this movie,
1: yeah, yeah i mean you could you could definitely say the the raw material that will still be available to you is is the soundtrack, oh yeah yeah, and I mean and obviously a majority of like the script i mean you could do a couple things here and there to update it, I guess, yeah,
0: you could probably even like if you needed some star power, see if you know, maybe someone who was in movies around the 80s who's older now could play Dr. Loomis. Who, oh, could, who could that be?
1: I would say maybe John Cusack could play that <laughs> Wouldn't role. Wouldn't that be
0: amazing? if that someone, would be amazing. If someone had the connection to get him in that homemade movie <laughs> to play Dr. Loomis, I think he'd be great in that role. I and mean, I'm serious. I think he would be a great, like, new Dr. Loomis. In the, in no, the, he would be a really good Dr. Loomis. In, um, in the Rob Zombie ones, it was Malcolm McDowell. Which Ooh. was, which was, which was pretty yeah. good, which is really good. That's great. Yeah. And then if those same people who know how to get John Cusack into the high school remake of Halloween can also tell us how they got in contact with him <laughs> so we could touch, get in touch with him, Yeah, because awesome. we'd like to talk, ask him about that experience <laughs> and maybe some other experiences he's had acting. But um, well, great! I, I had a lot of fun rewatching these movies. Well, at least one of them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> one of them was one of them was boring and torturous, and the other is uh, Halloween. Yeah,
0: but uh, so I want to thank all of our listeners. I want to, um, if you have any comments about either of these movies, um, anthology movies, or. Um, You know, maybe you really enjoy some of the other sequels to Halloween. You know, maybe you can convince us to 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 revisit them and uh, check them out. I again, I Halloween, two, I think, you know, is pretty darn good. And I'm probably going to end up rewatching that before Mm. before Halloween, the holiday Halloween. (laughs) So thank you very much. Follow us online, Nancy.
1: Follow us on Instagram. Thank you very much listeners.
0: Yeah, and um just to uh put everyone in the mood, I just wanted to say one last thing here.
1: Tangina? No.